Okay, um, I, I will start. Um, today is, um, what's today? Mar- March 10th, uh, 2015, and we're here for Fiction Old and New. And tonight we're discussing uh, Helen Simonson's book, Major Pettigrew's Last Stand. I'm just going to give you a little information about her. Um, Helen Simonson grew up in a small village in East Sussex, England. She graduated from the London School of Economics and has a Master's of Fine Arts degree from, I had to look up this school, it's Stony Brook, Southampton, which I thought might be in England, but it's actually in Long Island, New York. Um, She's worked as a travel advertising executive. She's lived in the United States for more than 20 years, and after living in Brooklyn, New York for many years, she now lives in Washington, D.C. with her husband and two sons. Major Pettigrew's Last Stand is her first novel. And why don't we go around and see what everybody thought of the book. And if you'd like, you could tell us um, also what you thought of Major Ernest Pettigrew and also Mrs. Uh, Jasmina Ali. I'll start. I love this book. <laughs> uh, I, I thought she did a wonderful job of developing her characters and of, of the way they talked. And, and I was just fascinated and thought, gosh, it would be wonderful to be able to do a first novel and do that good a job. Um, I mean, I just, you know, I really got into them. I, I loved him. I loved the, the way he attacked things and how in some ways he was so staid. In other ways, you know, he was so captivated by Mrs. Ellie. And, and of course, I loved her, too. So um, all in all, I'm awfully glad we picked this book. I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Yes. Hi, this is Ginny. I was really also enchanted by the book. Um, it was interesting to see the, the way the characters shifted in their perceptions. Um, uh, Major Pettigrew, of course, was first quite, you know, taken with his um, guns, and they seemed to form quite a bit of his identity, but later on he he shifted in that perspective, and um, I found him very endearing, although at times, um, you know, maybe just as a little bit of prejudice to some of his neighbors. Um, I loved the ending where he said, you know, um, sometimes we're self-righteous, but then we have to, you know, open our minds and see um, things from other people's point of view, roughly that. I loved um, also Jasmina. I thought she was um, just such a wonderful character. Both of them were. Uh, The dialogues between them were very touching and um, made you reflect a lot. And it was also very interesting to see such a, a real sense of chemistry and romance between two people in their 60s. I think oftentimes romances um, that are that up close and personal and real are more for people in their 20s and 30s. And um, it also kind of gave me a lot to think about in my romantic illusions of an English village. And, and some of the issues in England are that I always thought England was a place where eccentrics could go and tolerance was key there. And now I see it's more like everywhere else. You know, people have their um, us-and-them attitudes. And so I guess that's it. I, I, I'm really glad that I got introduced to this novel. Um, Carla, this is Michelle. I just I just wanted to welcome you. And we're just talking about um, our impressions of the book, our, our initial impressions, and also um, just what we thought about the two main characters, Major Ernest Pettigrew and Mrs. Jasmina Ali. I love this book. I thought it was great. Uh, I'm a big fan of British humor anyway, and nobody could deliver a line 
uh, quite like Ernest Pettigrew. He was just, uh, he was so dry and so, so very, uh, very put together, I thought. Uh, I couldn't stand his son. His son had to be one of the most self-absorbed characters I've come across in quite a while. But uh, I know we're not really talking about him right now. Uh, I love Jasmina. I love that line toward the end of the book where uh, uh, I think it was one of uh, her relatives said something about uh, called her uh, uh, Major Pettigrew's lady friend. And she said, I'm his lover. And I I thought that was just great. So she was uh, she was fantastic. Uh, The story was good. It's just very enjoyable. Great, uh, great recommendation. And uh, thanks for suggesting it. Yes, I want to uh, say that I, I really, really like this book, too, and I'm glad that it was selected because I certainly would never have read it otherwise. And I thought Mr. Pettigrew was really in a little, little small box of what he could and couldn't say, what he could and couldn't do because of, of tradition. But throughout the book, I mean, at, by the end of the book, he was able to break out of that just like when she said that she didn't want to be called well she wanted to be called a lover they were they were completely breaking out of tradition and i really thought that was pretty neat yeah i i thought it was really interesting the contrast between the traditional and i guess the modern um like with um major pettigrew he really wanted the second sporting gun that his father had had been left had been given i guess by the the person in india but on the other hand he he wanted to have a relationship with mrs ali that we would probably consider a more modern relationship and i think Ginny had mentioned and actually some well, a lot of you had mentioned the the romantic elements in the story and i thought i'd just throw some names out and see what you all thought about the different romances um, there's Major Pettigrew had a, had a whole bunch of romantic relationships with Mrs. Ali, but also he had a, a relationship of a type with Grace, um, the woman in the village. And he, we also learned a little bit about his relationship with his wife, Nancy. And in certain ways, I think Mrs. Ali reminded me of Nancy. And then we had um, Mrs. Ali's nephew, Abdul Wahid, and his girlfriend, Amina. And then we had Roger as well, who had a relationship first with Sandy, and then he had a relationship with Gertrude. So there actually were like a whole bunch of different romantic relationships in this story. I love this book, too. Um, One of the things I've noticed about all of the English-British books I've read, and I do like it, especially in this one, is they don't beat about the bush like we do. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're pretty straightforward. And, but the thing, um, like you said, Ladani, he, he was in his little box at first, and then he kind of broke out. And um, But he was always straightforward, but yet he was, in the beginning, was straightforward in a timid kind of way. Kind of like, I don't want to tip the bow, but I'm not going to not say what I feel. And then what was really cool was when um, they were at the hunt, and he was kind of noticing, gee, my son is like me in some ways. And then his son actually, eh, I think he was slowly growing toward the end end of the book when he saw his dad almost die. Um, 
I didn't see that part. There were some great twists there. I didn't see the part toward the end where um, Abdul was going to Abdul Wahid, excuse me, was going to jump off the cliff, and I didn't see you know where Major Pettigrew would would fall and get shot and such. I did not see that, and I also didn't see where what's her name? Um, I think it was Amina. And Abdul Wahid, I really thought they would get married, but I don't blame her for not, because she's right. I think in a, in a relationship, you can truly you lose your identity if you let yourself, and a lot of people do. It's a normal thing, but she knew that that's not what she wanted to do. She wanted to still be a dancer, and he wouldn't let her. I like the romances. Um... I kind of felt bad for Sandy because you knew that she wanted to get married by her reactions, but she didn't want to tip the boat with Roger, and she didn't want to, you know. But yet, you knew there was problems with Roger with Sandy, too, because at one point he said, oh, it's so hard to keep up with Sandy. So, it was very, I love the way, as, as I think Jill said, that she developed her characters, and she had the, there was a lot of interactions that were different. And um, it, it was a great book. Well, this is Sherry. I also love this book. And I'll second what Jill said. What a great first novel. That's pretty amazing. And also in my notes, I had what Jenny said, too, is I always think of English villages as quaint little places with eccentric people. And this goes to show that, you know, bigots are everywhere, which, of course, we all knew. I tend not to like romances, but I thought this one was really well written. It wasn't full of triteness like a lot of them are. It was full of characters that seemed real to me. And I'll second what Leela said about Amina not marrying Abdul Wahid and also about Grace pushing Major Pettigrew back to Jasmina. I mean, they both realized that being married to someone is more than, than just wanting to be with someone. There has to be a connection there more than just wanting a spouse. And wasn't it refreshing, really, for her to be able to indicate to us that they completed their sexual relationship without going into all the detail that we're so subject to in most of these novels? I really appreciated that for a change. Well, I I listened to a few interviews with the author, and one of the things that she said that was really interesting is she she wrote the book because one of the reasons she wrote it was because she wanted people, if they saw a woman coming down the street who was um, Arab um, and dressed in the traditional Arab way, she wanted them, instead of thinking of the stereotype that a lot of times people think of, she wanted them to think of a character like Mrs. Jasmina Ali, who's an educated woman who spoke different languages, who was, you know, just a, a, a very refined, lovely person. And I thought that was really interesting. And I liked the parts of the story that they talked about the reaction that Mrs. Ali and her husband had when they first came to the village where the kids were 
um, you know, doing like little vandalisms in the store and how the local people didn't want to go to her, her shop. They wanted to shop only in an English shop, which was kind of ironic because Mrs. Ali was actually born in England. Um, and, and so that was, that, that was really interesting. I thought that that part of the story, you know, besides all the other elements, I thought it was, it was interesting hearing, you know, the author's view about this character. Jill, I totally agree with you. I was actually, after she said, well, why don't we just make this more of a dream and you make love to me, and I was totally getting ready to skip. Uh, But I didn't have to because by the time I was reaching for it, it was over. So I was like, yay! One of the things that that I enjoyed about this book was that it shows that there can be romance between two people uh, of age and not necessarily two people just in their 20s. I enjoyed it that they were both older. Um, I, you know what? I just wanted to ask Carla um, if you read the book, if you wanted to make any comments. I thought we'd all back off the mic for a second and just let her get through if she'd like to. If not, don't worry about it, Carla. You're welcome to just listen if you'd like. Well, um, I have to say that at first when I started reading the book, I was a little bit bored and I thought, oh, but I'm glad that I stuck through it and stuck with it and got to the end. I'm typically not a romance reader a lot because I actually did end up enjoying it. And um, <laughs> I don't know. In some ways, I think this book would be an English literature teacher's dream because there is just so much thematic material and so many things that you can you can observe and bring out. Um, the one thing that really stuck out to me was the, the uh, how the characters changed, and they all changed in some way. Um, um, you know, Major Pettigrew softened up in a lot of ways, uh, got a little bit, um, you know, let his hair um, hang down in some ways, and and yet he kept his dignity. You know, that part of him always stayed. But to see how he changed, and even even how his son Roger changed, he was starting to mature. I mean, I think it would take a few more books for him to mature, but he did he did start to change as well. And uh, so those dynamic characters, and then there was a lot of symbolism to me, and just little linguistic things that I picked up on. Um, for one thing, did you all notice how? All the way up, maybe two-thirds through the book, um, um, Jasmina was Mrs. Ali, Mrs. Ali, Mrs. Ali. And all of a sudden, she was um, referred to her by her first name, which um, showed me that um, Major Pettigrew was just, um, he was getting more intimate and familiar. And uh, the other thing is, the interesting, uh, that interested me was the title of the book, Major's, Major Pettigrew's Last Stand. When you think about a stand, you think it, uh, in a military sense, but he was making a last stand for his, um, his society, his romance, his family, and, um, so uh, there was a, there was just a lot in there, and I think the narrator did a very good job. I really I, I listened to the Bard version, and I think the narrator did a very good job too. And thank you for recommending the book. Yes, this is Jenny. I um, also agreed with um, you know that um, Jasmina, not Jasmina, Amina. I think that was surprising to me that she didn't end up marrying. Um, Abdul, I, the way the book seemed to be going for tradition and family, and it shows um, the 
the complexity of the thought and the theme that, you know, she said, well, it's not that I don't love him. It's just that I know what my life will be like, and it's not enough just to love someone and, um, you know, I, I'm, go- I'm going to have to find happiness. And um, everyone in the book seemed to be kind of shocked by that. And I was surprised. I didn't expect, I didn't see that coming. I thought also that in terms of an English class, everyone would be focusing, I think, a little bit on the guns and what they were symbolic of. And in the beginning of the book, I was, the one thing I was a little bit um, not liking about the very endearing character of Major was how he was sort of thinking, you know, I'm going to, my father asked me that these be part of our family tradition and I'll pass them on to the next generation. And I had mixed feelings about that because it seemed to me that um, his sister-in-law and his son, you know, if they had just, you know, maybe sold the guns and split it three ways or whatever, that was, you know, something that I probably would have liked to see happen. And then as the book went on, you thought, well, is he going to let go of the guns? Is he going to keep on to the guns? Finally, in the end, you know, um, he did let go of the guns in, you know, trying to do something very courageous and um, almost ending his life. So I thought that the guns were really an interesting um, element there. Yes, the guns were definitely an interesting element and and so controversial. Everybody had their eye on the gun and they 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 all seemed to want the gun for for different reasons. So that that was interesting. Um I think one of the one of the characters that I thought was actually interesting was Abdul Wahid because he I'm sorry about my dog. Um because he um, he he changed a lot in the story and you even saw saw the scene where he was with Major Pettigrew, and the defenses sort of broke down. So he was an interesting character, I thought. Yeah, I thought so, too. I was wondering if you guys, I was thinking about this while I was reading it, that there was also class bigotry as well as racial bigotry, and I was wondering if Mrs. Ali had been white, if there still would have been issues because Major Pettigrew was a country club guy and he was considered above her class. Probably, since people have a way of... uh, of, uh uh, looking down on anybody that's different from them in any way, it seems like. But uh, Michelle, you're gonna have to get that squeaky toy out for your dog again. I'm glad I'm not the only one that's got a little, a little yapper. My dog never shuts up. But uh, uh, yeah, the uh, it, it, it did do a good job of presenting the various uh, 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 the, the the classes. I thought, and because uh, you had all these, you had all these these British titled folks and stuff, it seemed like, I guess, whoever owned the property where they were doing the shoot and stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, the Brits have always considered themselves so civilized and stuff. I, I, I have a hard time with a lot of that, that classist stuff, but, but I understand that's the way it is over there. Uh, uh, I really did, uh, uh, and, and speaking of the romances, I ended up really liking Sandy, and I was I was sorry she got she got uh, in such a bad fix with with Roger, and you know uh, had an abortion for a baby she didn't want to give up, and then uh, I, I don't know he was just a self-absorbed toad. I, I don't think he was making any progress. At the end of the book, he was saying something about looking after his father, and then made a comment about the lawyer and stuff about the house and stuff. So, you know, I'm not sure he, he, he progressed that far in the book. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Roger is a character who didn't change that much because if you remember at the end of the story, he was busy proposing to Gertrude who accepted Ferguson's proposal instead. So he was like, 
I kind of thought of him maybe as the most stereotypical character in the story. And, you know, maybe if there was another sequel, then we would see a lot more growth from Roger. I I think they were hinting in in that way that there was going to be some growth with him. But he he didn't, you know, he was busy proposing to this one and that one. And, you know, he didn't seem to be too sad after he broke up with Sandy. He just, like, turned around and and went after Gertrude. So it was hard to feel sympathy for him. I I thought of all the characters in the story, he was sort of, um, I mean, it looked like Sandy was going to be the character that we were all going to dislike, but actually she became much more human, I think, as, as, as the story went along, and we saw, you know, a different different side of her as well. Yeah, that was indicative of the author's really good writing and character development, that Sandy initially was so dislikable and then by the end you really kind of rooted for her and I thought Roger as the British would say was just a first class twit I mean he was just just ridiculous the other hateful character was the vicar's wife and I can't remember her first name right now though she was the real bigot in the story um, I thought it was nice that at the party the cons who I think was a doctor and his wife also had their own class prejudices, so uh, the author made a point of showing some people of color who were also bigoted in their own way. Yeah, the vicar's wife was Daisy, and she was certainly a very unpleasant person, and one of the scenes in the story that I kind of laughed and cried at the same time was that interpretive dance called Colonel Pettigrew Saves the Day. It was like I was like, it was like a moment I said to myself, what the heck is going on here? It was like, it was like all the prejudice when they were trying to discuss, you know, what kind of event they should have. And, and, and then Amina actually danced in the dance and Abdul Wahid was very upset about it. So that was like a, almost like a slapstick kind of, I guess, an incident in the story. So that was, that was kind of interesting. Um, And... I'm trying to think. Um, oh, did you all think that Major Pettigrew and Jasmina Ali in the beginning were not going to get together because they had obligations to family and because of the um, the prejudices and the differences, I guess, in, in their backgrounds? Or did you sort of know from the beginning that they were going to be together at the end of the story? I sort of guessed that they were going to be together. Don't ask me why, because as I have said before, romance isn't really my favorite thing, and I'm not always the best at figuring them out. But I don't know, there were just some little clues that told me that that they were going to um, get together, and I was happy that they did, frankly. I really was. Hi, this is Jenny. Yes, um, I... The first couple of scenes I had, I thought that the dialogue was wonderful. They probably had the best dialogue in the book. And a lot of their comments, I'll probably remember, and maybe steal in certain situations. They were very thoughtful and, um, you know, not perfect characters, but very thoughtful and, um, in some ways, gentle souls. And I thought that they probably would, you know. Instantly, they seemed to click, like when she said, um, I... You know, it seems like an eternity, but just a moment that my husband passed away. And I think um, he could really relate to that. So I thought probably that they would be getting together, but I didn't know what was going to be involved in that. You know, here's the deal. At the beginning, I thought they would. Then I read the book, you know, some of the book, and I saw the prejudice and the... Um, he was so kind of timid, and I thought, okay, nope. Then I saw where Grace and him were starting to... I'm like, oh, no, 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 not Grace, no. 
because I honestly thought that when they kind of got together, I thought she was it was going to end up that she was going to go back and gossip to Daisy because um, Daisy seemed to control her as well as everybody else. And yes, I did not like Daisy, um, which is sad because the vicar seemed very nice. Although um, I did like it where the vicar apologized for her. That was cool. That she It was good that she felt bad. Really, it was. But that when Grace and him kind of got together, like, oh, no, I didn't see. I mean, they were kind of being pulled together anyway, but I'm like, oh, I didn't want that. And then toward the end, it was like two hours from being done. I'm like, okay, where are we going with this? So you, I was kind of a back and forth one. I, I knew it, then I didn't, then I did. I loved it. And that's I love books like that. Well, the way the author brought them, you know, closer together in the first place, uh, you know, when she helped him, uh, when, you know, he'd just gotten the shock of his brother's death, uh, I thought that was kind of the clue, this is going to be, you know, what where we're going to go with this, otherwise, why would she have done that? And, <laughs> you know, it seems to me that a book like this, because I'm a little bit like Carla, um, Ordinarily, when I see a book that's marked romance, I, I, I don't read it unless somebody else recommends it to me and tells me it's really good because I have this preconceived idea of what a rant, romance is going to be like. I wish they would call books like this one human relationships. I actually like the part of the story where Major Pettigrew went to visit Mrs. Ali when she was with her relatives, and she and he kind of like, you know, I don't even know what the word is, but he kind of said, you know, here I am and and it's time, you know, for us to be together. And he sort of, because I thought she was actually a little bit more forward than he was. Like she was kind of direct with him in places. And he was the one who was kind of taking a little step back and he just couldn't quite get over the hump and and speak his real feelings towards her. But he had the real feelings, but he just never could, could get over it. So I liked when he finally you know, acknowledged it, because I thought she was giving him a lot of signals, like, you know, I like you, and why don't we get together and read our books together, and, you know, all the other stuff, and he just wasn't, wasn't really following through on it, so, but he clearly liked her, because he had a perfectly nice relationship with Grace, you know, who was a really nice character, and a nice person, and probably, you know, somebody that they were, the church ladies were all pushing on to him, and even Grace said, you know, it's so obvious that you like Mrs. Ali. So I thought it was it was really kind of nice that he finally got it together and, and you know, and they ended up being together, which was was really good. Um, I, the, I actually read the book twice, and the first time I read it, I have to say I was very confused at the end of the story. I was trying to figure out who was who because they were bringing in some characters that really weren't that much in the story. But... Um, but it was also a little bit, I guess, slapsticky or comedy or whatever. But um, I guess in a way it was good. You know, would I think it would have been nicer if everybody would have ended up together. But Abdul Wahid and Amina, I guess they, they just were too different. You know, they were attracted to each other, but they turned out to be really, really different people. And Mrs. Jasmina Ali and Major Pettigrew, another thing that they had in common was that they both had lost their spouses as well. So that, that was like another tie that brought them together. What uh, irritated me and grated on my nerves was how the men 
and Mrs. Ali's family thought that they could uh, answer for her. The nephew, when uh, Mr. Pettigrew came in to talk to her to see if she wanted to go to the dance, said, uh, no, she's not going. But she was strong enough to say, yeah, I think I will. And then when she was with uh, her, her relatives, and I think that was her uncle, Mr. Pettigrew came in to visit her. They had to wait for the uncle to come in. And the uncle w was telling exactly what Mrs. Pettigrew could do, left the door open so that she couldn't be alone with him. And then when she came in and they talked in the hall there, it felt like the hall to me, talked in the hall there, She, they escaped. She escaped, run down the street and carried her bag of groceries with her, wouldn't even sit down the the bag of groceries because afraid the uncle would come in and tell her what she had to do. So that escape, I really liked that. Ladon, that was funny because I was just going to bring that You must be reading my mind or something because I was just going to say, what did you guys think about how even though these two are adults in their 60s or whatever, what did you think of the way the family took control of their lives? I mean, honestly, I think if Roger could have, he would have done the same things. I really do. But he was having so much of his own love life issues that he didn't, he didn't, uh, you know, he, he told his father how he felt, but he didn't do anything. But her family just, I mean, they took away her book, and she thought she lost it. Then the letters and stuff. I mean, that to me, that's a childish thing. You know, I. but I think it's actually accurate because I think that in certain cultures, it, it's not so unusual for men to to make all the decisions for women, even if, like in this case, Abdul Wahid was 25 and Mrs. Jasmine Ali was 58. So he was less than half of her age, but he kind of, you know, wanted to sort of take control of things also, and I think Mrs. Ali in some ways had a more modern relationship with her, her husband because he left her the store, um, and they were kind of bargaining with her because they wanted to give the store to Abdul Wahid. So, um, and I think with Major Pettigrew, in the beginning, I thought he was going to have a lot of obligations to his brother Bertie's wife, Marjorie, but then Marjorie kind of disappeared from the story. So I thought that was going to be a storyline, but it, it didn't really pan out. And Roger, you know, I mean, Roger was pretty independent. I think he just looked at his father and he just thought his father was old and, you know, he should just be sitting in a rocking chair somewhere and, and not bothering anybody. He didn't really see him as a person. Um, whereas with Mrs. Ali, I think it's more tradition from, from her family's culture that the men, you know, they're, they're making the decisions and the women are supposed to be cooking and cleaning. So it was, it was interesting, the modern and the traditional in the story. I got a little confused at the end. Was the woman who stabbed Amina and went with Abdul Wahid out to the cliff. Was she the old woman in the house where Jasmina was staying and reading to? I didn't get understand who that old woman was who stabbed Amina with the knitting needle and why she was alone with Amina if she was with this other family, why they weren't there with her. I, I found that a little confusing. Yes, I think she was a relative of um, 
Abdul Wahid and a relative. She was from the husband's family. Abdul Wahid was her husband's family, not you know her her in-laws' family. Um, and I, I don't remember her name, of course, but she was Abdul Wahid's aunt. So I don't know if she was her husband's brother or her husband's aunt. But in any event, she was from that side of the family, and I think that's why Abdul Wahid went off with her, because he wanted to protect her, um, because she stabbed Amina with with a knitting needle. So um, it was a little confusing um, at the end. I think maybe one of the points of it was that his gun was destroyed, and that was a way to, to get through the get rid of the gun. And, and then we saw what happened with Abdul Wahid and Amina, you know, the fact that they separated, because he didn't really protect Amina. He was busy protecting his aunt, which you would think if he was in love with Amina and had a child with Amina, he would have, you know, not disappeared. Because you remember the little boy was so happy when he saw Mrs. Ali when she came back with Major Pettigrew. So that was, you know, that kind of showed, I thought, a little bit about their relationship that it maybe wasn't the greatest relationship. Do I have it wrong? Didn't his aunt, like, take him hostage and make him pray? I don't think so, not unless she took him hostage with a knitting needle. I thought he was just ashamed because it was his family that had done the stabbing and he felt he had to go off himself. He was a little bit melodramatic. Was it his aunt or his great aunt? I got I got a little confused about that because uh, I thought I remember them talking about a great aunt toward the end there. And uh, she was crazy as a loon, what, whatever she was. But, uh, 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 yeah. I think it was the great aunt. I, think, I, I don't think it was his aunt because his aunt would have been maybe around 60 and or in her 50s and i had a feeling that she was an older woman maybe in her 80s so i think it was actually the aunt and um what did you all think about i guess the nobility in the village they had lord dagadin and then ferguson came in you know like the upstart from america i thought all the stuff with america and england was kind of funny because it was a little stereotypical i mean the americas were like rich and brash and you know no nonsense and then the english were like a little traditional even though you know whatever so i thought all that was was kind of funny in the story too yeah, Ferguson was a tad stereotypical, but I thought it fit well with the story. I didn't, I didn't read it thinking that all the way through. One thing that, and this is really going to sound strange, but at the end when Major Pettigrew swept Jasmina out of that house and, and took her away from there, I kept thinking of the movie The Graduate, which I know is totally different on so many levels, but there's a scene in The Graduate where he comes in the church at the last minute and yells the the girl's name and she runs off with him and they escape on a bus. And for some reason, I just thought of that when I was reading that part. Yeah, this would make a really good movie. And I I actually looked up because I was curious to see if anybody optioned it for the movie and, and they did option it for a movie. But as far as I can tell, there's no movie currently being made or maybe a masterpiece theater episode or something. Um, and, you know, the part where he came in and, and swept off, that's sort of like a romantic comedy kind of, kind of a way. So there were, there were some of those elements in, in this story, definitely. Um, but I, as, as a few of you said, I thought for a first novel, actually, it was, it was pretty good, actually. Yeah, Elaine Robinson. Yeah, I love that scene in The Graduate. Uh, and it was kind of reminiscent of that scene. You're right. 
uh, I, I, I love that line that they made. Uh, I think it was Major Pettery who said about America, talking about America's power, and it, he said made a comment about it, it reminded him of a toddler with a hammer. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny, and uh, I also love that line that Major Pettery had toward the beginning of the book when he was first starting to to meet with uh, Jasmine and starting to establish a relationship with her. And they got to talking, talking about her family. And she was talking about some of her family problems. And he made the comment that it was no wonder that people always talked about the weather. So I thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty funny. I totally agree. This should definitely have been or should be a movie. I love that fight scene that everybody got in a fight and, I don't remember why, but it was just hilarious. It just fit the book so well. Um, I didn't see it coming, but when it did come, and and it's funny because you were saying about a movie or a play. I could, I was when I was reading this book, I was actually imagining this as a stage play or a movie. I think it'd be great as a stage play. It really would. I could, you just the. Comedian, the comedy scenes, and the—I could just see it. Yeah, hi, this is Ginny. Yeah, I agree, Lily. It probably will be filmed. Um, I read this book twice too, Michelle. And the first time, I just found myself that it was—I wasn't really connecting or bonding with the characters. The second time, I really loved it. I did have mixed feelings about the um, the uh, the fight in the um, golf club. You know, I—I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I guess it was effective, especially on the second time. But since people are bringing up other works um, of, of fiction, I just wanted to bring, make a – this book reminded me so um, much of another book I read called um, Deception on His Mind, which is a detective story by um, Elizabeth George. But basically it talks a lot about the clash between um, the British and the Pakistan immigrants. And there's a very – there's a very up close, the family is portrayed, you know, very well. Like, there's a lot of emphasis on um, its, you know, submission to authority, um, which the aunt was definitely taking to a crazy, wacky extreme. But, um, so that is a really good book. Um, it's, some of the scenes in there are amazing, um, deception on his mind. Well, I'm glad that everybody liked the book. Um, I had a feeling that this would be a book that would be a well-liked book, um, you know, I think some of you liked it and some of you really liked it, so that, that makes Sherry and I very happy that, that it was it was a, a good choice and, and everybody had had good feelings about it. Um, and I don't know, I, we pretty much covered all of the, the notes that I took actually about this book, Sherry. Is there anything that we, we didn't cover or did we forget anything? Uh, I don't really have anything else. Does anyone else have anything you want to bring up? Um, I guess I will say the the brawl in the club was pretty slapstick. I liked it because I thought it was kind of appalling to reenact this scene that, that a lot of people had died in, and then Manager Pettigrew saved some people, but certainly not all the people. And it just seemed kind of insensitive, but um, it turned out to be a fun part of the book. I, I missed the very beginning because I had a phone call that, did you give any background about Helen Simonson, Michelle, like you normally do? Cause, uh, if you did, I missed that. Yes. Um, she actually was born in England. Um, she lived in the United States for about 20 years. Um, she went to the London School of Economics, which is a pretty good school. 
and she worked as a travel executive, and um, and then I think she actually became a stay-at-home mom, and that's when she went back to her her first love, which is was writing, and she got a master's in fine arts. So she, you know, she has a good background for this. Um, and this, I actually, I was very surprised that this was her first and, and only novel so far. I was, I thought she probably had written something else, but this was this was actually it. Um, and I know we were talking about the the party and the the dance and and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I guess you know it was it's true, but it was a little offensive if you remember the part in the story where they were talking about the history of India and everybody, you know, not Colonel, not Major Pettigrew, but everybody in the town was was saying, well, you know, it doesn't matter if it was Indian history from the 1700s or from the modern day, you know, and he was trying to explain the differences between the Indian history and, and India, of course, and England have such a, a lengthy history together. So, um, you know, she did a good job, I think, of showing maybe a, a tad stereotypical at parts, but, you know, sort of showing the way that, that the tradition and the modern and the way that, that different people felt and I thought it was really interesting that Mrs. Ali was born in England but nobody seemed to think that she was born in England which is you know unfortunately the way a lot of times people think um, Sherry did you want to mention the book for next time um, and you, I haven't read it but you've read it you could tell us a little bit about it well first I want to say that I agree with Alan the toddler with a hammer was a really good line and I will mention the next book but uh, if anybody else has anything else to say about this book we can continue. Uh, next month, we're going to read Random Winds by Belva Plain, P-L-A-I-N. And uh, the DB number is uh, DB15442. And I put um, the title, author, and DB number up in the chat window. Again, it's Random Winds by Belva Plain. And the DB number is, uh, sorry, one uh, five. Four four two. Um, this is like a family saga, multi generational. It's about a doctor who has a daughter and and uh, their lives, and it's about at a high level decisions that people make and random events that happen that have such an incredible impact on people's lives. And that'll be on um, Tuesday, April fourteenth. I'm just going to mention, because I looked up Belva Plain just to see a little bit about her, and one of the things that's really interesting about her is she actually didn't write her first novel till she was 63 years old, and she ended up writing like 23 novels, um, and she very recently passed away. I think she lived to be in her 90s, um, and I think she was writing like a novel a year, and some of her books are pretty long, so that was kind of interesting. Um, but she actually was a stay-at-home mom for like 25, 30 years, and then she she started writing. She always liked to write, and she wrote like little stories and stuff, but she, I thought it was amazing that she wrote her first book when she was 63. So you know what? It's never too late to do anything. She's, she's inspirational. 63, wow, wow. Well, you know, sixty-three is the new forty, so you know uh, that is great that she that she got started uh, in the prime of her life like that and stuff. Yeah, it's getting it's getting more and more prime every every day. I don't know. I hear this like forty is the new twenty, and 
I don't know. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm in my 50s. I don't feel like I'm in my 30s, but I guess everybody else does. So that's, that's, it's, I was, I was really interested when I, when I read that. I said, wow, that's great. And it's not like she wrote one book. She ended up writing 23 novels and like 20 of them are on board. So if it turns out that you like Belva Plain, you can be reading her for the rest of the year because, and I'm sure many of you have heard of Evergreen. I think that's her most famous book, right? Evergreen, and I'm sure I've read it. And I think Evergreen is part of like a series. Um, and I don't think Random Wands, I think it's a standalone, right, Sherry? It's not part of that series. Yes, it's a standalone. By the book number, the copyright must be fairly back there somewhere. Yeah, I think it is an older book because, uh, as I recall, there's no cell phones in there, so it probably is an older book. But uh, it's it's certainly in the um, you know 60s, 70s. It's not like in the 1800s or anything like that. I think it might start in the early 1900s, but it quickly moves up to fairly present day. Yes, it was actually published in 1980, way back then, all, all the way back to 1980, oh my God. Um, so yes, no cell phones. Um, and since we have a minute, um, I actually wanted to ask everybody a question, if I could. Um, there's a book that I was thinking of possibly doing for our group. I have to have to read it first. And it's kind of... Um, a science fiction-y, fantasy type of story. And I know there's a science fiction group and a fantasy group. And, Leela, I know that you're part of the science fiction group. And I, I didn't know in this group if we always wanted to do, like, contemporary stories or historical fiction or if occasionally we wanted to venture outside of that or if we're how everybody felt about that or if you'd be just be more comfortable going to to other groups to do that. I mean, like I said, I haven't read the book yet, so it, it might be a terrible book. But we tend to do, like, contemporary stories, or we tend to do historical fiction. And I'm always a little fuzzy on the boundaries between different groups. So if anybody has any feelings on this, if you wanted to share them with us, I would love to hear it. Hey, if it's a knob, I mean, it, you know, if it's fiction, you know, you might as well go for it. You know, I, I'll, I'll try anything. And I, I'm not in either the fic, uh, the science fiction or the fantasy group, so uh, I, I'll try anything if it's you know I'll give it a shot. And yeah, you know, I am a little nervous about Belva Plain though, because we covered that Evergreen book in the old romance group that ended up becoming novel ideas, I think, and uh, that was one I wasn't able to finish apparently, according to according to my spreadsheet. So we'll see. Well, I'm in both the science fiction and fantasy group, and to me, like Alan, or at least this is what I gather, Alan, a book is a book, and this is called Fiction Old and New, right? So, hey. This does have um, some romance in it, Alan, and it might be, it's slower moving than Major Pettigrew, but it has a lot of family drama, so I don't know, we'll see. Yeah, I'll, 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 uh, I'll give it the old college try, and uh, if I just can't stand it, I... You know, I just won't. Uh, I just won't finish it. So. Yeah, hi. This is Jenny. I agree with Lelia and Ellen that, um, you know, if it's fiction, I welcome expanding the boundaries. One thought I have about um, it's kind of difficult, I think, um, to find a science fiction book that I really warm up to. But science fiction, fantasy, I personally find more appealing. Um, 
but I give a lot of credit to people who write, read science fiction because it seems like you have to almost bring a lot to it. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, I just find it just not very interesting. But if you have a great imagination, you can bring a lot to anything you read. Yeah, I used to read sci-fi all the time when I was younger, but I hadn't read it in years. But, hey, the day of the Triffids that we read for Worlds of Books was great. So, you know, I'll uh, uh, I'll try anything. I think I, I agree with that. Now, I do um, bop in and out of groups as I like or dislike groups or, or dislike um, stories, you know, because you can't do them all. And um, so if there's one that tickles my fancy, I'll bop in. And if it, you know, it's not all that exciting, I save it for another time. And I get to meet more people that way, too. But anyhow, um, the science fiction group, I have been involved with them. And I don't know, this, um, the Crockham Project is what we're doing now. And, I, and I've really enjoyed this book. But I will have to say some of the books that we have read have been really out there and I, I didn't enjoy them quite as much but I like the time travel and and um, and things like that and if if we go that route um, sometime I, I would like to see us do an age for miracles um, the one about uh, the, the girl and the science fiction group doesn't seem to want to do this book but it's about a girl that is living in a time she's 11 years old and the world um, it starts to spin slower and slower and, and the whole consequences of that um, of um, you know the really long nights or long days and um, what happens to the crops and the world and the society and the character development in that book is fantastic I, I really love that book and um, but no I, I, I could see us expanding and doing different books. After all, fiction is fiction. Yes, that, that book by Karen Thompson Walker, The Age of Miracles, I, I read that book a while ago, and we actually talked about it with my library book group, and I think some of the, one of the other group may have done that book. I would have to check, but it was a very good book, and also a short book, which I know short books are popular as well. Um, and since we have a minute, because it's almost 10 o'clock, and... Um, I'm just going to mention, I don't usually do this, but since we have a nice crowd here, I'll just mention it. Um, we, Sherry and I actually have our book for May, so I'm just going to throw it out there in case anybody runs out of books, which I highly doubt because many of us go to a lot of groups. Um, in May, we're going to read a book called The Secrets of Mary Bowser, and the author is Lois Levine, and her last name is L-E-V-E-E-N, and this was a fabulous book and you're going to boo and hiss when I tell you that it takes place at the time of the Civil War but it's not a traditional slavery narrative um, it's it's actually based on a real life woman um, who actually acted as a spy she was an African American woman but she actually acted as a spy in the Confederate White House uh, with Jefferson Davis and um, it, it talks about how she was educated in Philadelphia, and it was just a, a fantastic book. So we actually have our next two books lined up. We have um, Random Winds by Belva Plain, and in May we're going to be reading The Secrets of, of Mary Bowser by Lois Levine, which is also on Bard. So anyway, I'm going to say thank you to everybody. I know we have a few minutes, so we can keep talking, but you know, thank you all, and I'm glad that everybody liked the, the Major Pettigrew book, and um, hopefully you guys will come back and, and you know read another book with us soon. That would be great. Yeah, thanks for everybody's comments. I enjoyed the discussion, and a great, great book, and uh, 
I'll give a plug for, for Carla. She's leading the discussion for our Novel Ideas book, the third Friday of the month, and we're discussing Girl in Translation, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. So uh, you ought to uh, give it a read and join us because uh, uh, Carla's going to be leading, uh, leading the discussion. And thanks again for everybody's comments tonight. It was great. I agree. That book is really good so far. I've, I'm enjoying Carla's book as well, and I look forward to novel ideas too, Carla. And I, I think, Michelle, that it was um, the Bard Book Club that did that. And I also, the Science Fiction Club may not have done it, but I know I read it. And so, and I thought both book groups, say that three times, did that, but I, I can't remember. That is an excellent book, The Age of Miracles, or An Age of Miracles. That was a really good book. Well, I don't believe it was a science fiction group because um, I really tried to peddle that book to them and they just um, didn't seem to be interested and nobody said anything about having done that book. And the only way I got onto that book was reading the writer magazine and they interviewed the author, Karen Thompson. Um, so, um, but now I, um, thank you very much for, for a wonderful program tonight and, and thank you folks for the plug, um, for the, the, um, book that I'm, I'm leading the group. Um, I, I think you'll really enjoy Girl in Translation. Those of you that have not read it, it is just such a refreshing, thought-provoking book and, even if you can't join us for the group, which I hope you can on um, Friday the, the 20th, even if you can't, I hope that sometime you'll read the book because it's really worthwhile. And I will say this, I, I really prefer shorter books. Um, sometimes some of the books that, um, that are just so long, um, well, for one thing, if you lose interest and you can't finish it, and for another thing, if you're if you're involved with more than one group and you want to be involved with more than one group, and you have to do this the W word, you know, work. Uh, you have a, the J word, the job. Um, sometimes it's hard when you get in these twenty and thirty, well, maybe thirty-hour books, and some of the science fiction books have been really long. Thankfully, this one isn't. But um, but I really I really enjoy um, talking with you folks too, and, and that that really makes my day when I can do this. We read the Age of Miracles in the Bard Book Group, uh, Bard Book Club, uh, December twenty seventh, two thousand twelve. It's amazing how fast time flies, but that's when we had it. Wow, I didn't even know that about that book club at all. Um, that was a really good book. I, I love long books. I mean, uh, right now I'm reading a 38-hour book, and it is just so engrossing. I, the minute I get off here, I've got my stream laying here, and it, that book's going on again. Yeah, hi, this is Jenny. Yeah, I actually I led that discussion in Rebecca's Bard Book Club on the Age of Miracles, and it was so funny because when I started the book, I didn't realize that the author was from San Diego, and it took place in San Diego and, you know, San Diego has got just so many pieces of the natural world, except Four Seasons, that it was really a wonderful book, I thought. And I hope she'll write something again soon, Karen Walker-Thompson. Yeah, she was really interesting. I heard her interviewed, I don't know, on NPR or something, and she was talking about how because of natural disasters like the tsunami that happened, 
that some, it affected the rotation, the Earth rotation, by I don't know what fraction of one second, and um, that was inspiring her to write that book. So it was a very good book, and I understand what you're saying, Carla, because if you read a book and you're not into it, and the book is you know 18 hours, you're like, oh my God, it's 18 hours. But if it's seven hours, somehow you can plug through. So we we do try to pick books that are short as possible, but it doesn't always work out that way. So, you know, it, we, we do our best. We, we try not to overburden people because we know a lot of people, you know, go to like two groups, three groups, sometimes four or five groups. So it's a lot of groups. But thank you, everybody, again. And I, I'll see you all very soon again, I'm sure, in another group. So good night. Good night. And one quick question I have at Bard Group. Um, is uh, by any chance are their discussions uh, archived? Because I would really like to hear what folks have to say about that book. I don't. I think the Bard Group used to be something they would do on the telephone. If I know right, they're not associated with Accessible World, as far as I know. So I don't know if they're archived or not. And I don't even know who you would ask. Alan's no longer here. You could write him an email. Maybe he would know. But I've never gone to a Bard Book Club. I never have either, um, and um, I don't know. Maybe sometime I'll have to I'll have to try that too. But I just want to thank you all. It's it's been really wonderful, and hopefully I'll run into you in either this group again or another group along the line. And um, take care and have a, a wonderful uh, beginning of spring. And if I don't talk to you beforehand, a happy Easter and uh, take care. Thanks, Carla, and uh, you have a good week. Um, I won't be able to make it to uh, the book group this time because I have something else on that Friday, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read Girl in Translation, though. It sounds like it's going to be really good. I'm looking forward to it. You will be rewarded for your effort. You'll be glad that you did, uh, I'm sure. Well, take care.